Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Well, President Joe Biden defended his decision to end the 20-year war in Afghanistan, and now he wants to focus on domestic matters. It comes at a time when the U.S. economy created the fewest jobs in seven months amid a rise in COVID infections and in the wake of historic flooding in the northeast of the country. Joining us on the line to share the latest from the U.S. is Professor Andrew Delios, Vice Dean at MCS, MSC Programs at the Department of Strategy and Policy at NUS Business School. Professor, President Joe Biden's Afghanistan exit is a reset on U.S. foreign policy. Indeed it is. And it's probably one that's not not that surprising and one that was late in terms of when it was implemented. It's been very clear for many years that this was something that could not be won, Mm. a foreign occupancy of of Afghanistan. And it just makes a sense. Uh, for the U.S. to redeploy its resources to other to other foreign policy needs. Professor, how has the evacuation of Afghanistan impacted President Biden's reputation? When we look at uh, opinion polls mm-hmm. from the U.S., it's definitely falling to, to its lowest level since he was elected. And there's certainly some sense that this could have been handled better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it had to be handled now. And there wasn't any, any, any sense that delaying it would have been facilitated smoother withdrawal from Afghanistan. And this comes as another opinion poll before the pullout suggesting that Americans wanted American troops out of Afghanistan, which is why the last two presidents mm-hmm. uh, decided to do this, right? There's no question. This, this was not something that was, that was popular in the U.S. It had its roots in 9-11, mm-hmm. and it's been 20 years since 9-11. Terrorism has been at the top of the U.S. agenda for many years, combating terrorism. And this represents perhaps reconfiguration of some of the ideas about the U.S., about how important it is to devote massive resources to a threat that might or might not emerge at any particular time on U.S. soil again. Okay, let's pick up on that, uh, a threat that might or might not emerge. But immediately after the Taliban was able able to take over Afghanistan that very historic weekend that we saw, there were people talking about security matters. And that threat that we're Mm -hmm. talking about now, that now that the Taliban is back in power, will they be able to give safe haven for al-Qaeda or ISIS or other terror groups again? And will the world, will America be less safe because the Americans pulled out of the region? That's the big uncertainty. I think there was always always areas, even within Afghanistan, even during America's uh, occupation, if that's the word we want to use, uh, use uh, if, that we want to use, there were safe havens within that, within that area. And no question that there was money being funneled because certainly the, the ability for the Taliban to fight so successfully is predicated upon having the resources. Mm-hmm. If they were able to secure those resources in that environment, then very clearly they, were, they would have been able to develop capabilities to do things elsewhere in the world. So I don't think this represents a massive change in terms of their the ability to conduct terror outside the borders of Afghanistan as founded upon activities that are done within those borders. Mm. What might we see happen next, though? We've got U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken aiming to form a united front with allies this week. What can we expect? 
I don't think there's anything else to expect other than what's what's happening under mm-hmm. the current trajectory. I don't think we're going to see any any reversals. We're just going to see policies that are that are oriented towards mitigating any last remaining elements of that of that policy. But I, I think it's 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 something that everybody wants to put in the rearview mirror for now. Okay. Meanwhile, we've got to talk about what's coming up this Saturday. It marks 20 years on from the 9/11 attacks. How will the president be marking the event? There's plans to attend all three sites of the attacks, and it's something that uh, Joe Biden would like to use to, I think, bolster his domestic credibility. Mm -hmm. But there's still some tension uh, within the U.S. over the non-release of documents uh, that could implicate some Saudi officials in terms of maybe funding those very same acts of terrorism. So there is some divide in the U.S. about what this 20th anniversary means and what Joe Biden represents with respect to respecting those who suffered during 9-11. All right, Professor, let's move on to a a different topic now with uh, unemployment benefits that were put in place during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in the U.S. ending for millions of Americans. It came also as non-farm payrolls increased about 235,000 for the month of August. It's the fewest jobs uh, created in seven months. So what will this mean, do you think, for the U.S. uh, economy? Economy. There's, there's many uncertainties around this. Now, these, mm. these unemployment benefits were never intended to last for a very long time. And mm. In fact, they lasted longer than people had expected. There were four types of benefits that were created. They were providing about $300 per week to 7, to seven million people. And the idea was, yes, we'd, we'd bolster our way through, the, uh, through, through this uh, COVID-19. The unemployment levels associated with COVID-19 shot to levels greater than the financial crisis. They were sharply brought down in a few months afterwards, and since then they've been on a steady decline. Now, you mentioned the most current month, but if you put this most current month in a broader context, in other words, if you compare the drops in unemployment in the last 10 months as compared to the rate of unemployment declines in the first five years after the financial crisis, you will see very similar levels of unemployment decline. The reality is, yes, it takes the economy a long time to reabsorb those individuals who were, who were displaced so ungraciously from their jobs by COVID-19. But persisting with unemployment benefits is not the answer. It's a band-aid solution, and it's a band-aid solution through which blood seeps. And we've got to talk about um, the Delta variant now as well. How might that variant threaten the ability of these people who have lost jobs find new ones? There's a, there's a few items related. There's at least two items related to that. Mm-hmm. Number one is that COVID-19 has por- forced people to reconsider what they consider to be a good job. So the other, other underlay to the fact that there's still above 5% unemployment in the U.S. is that some people are, are making shifts in terms of what they regard as acceptable jobs. So even if jobs do emerge, the preferences for the type of job that people want to have can forestall people taking up uh, employment and thereby keep the unemployment rate rates higher than what one might expect them to be. The second thing is, uh, with, with COVID, is that it's concentrated in specific areas of the U.S., mm-hmm. as, many, as many people have acknowledged, where vaccination rates are lowest. Now, the interesting thing about those, 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 the, the individuals who, who are not, who are completely against vaccination, and there's 15% of the U.S. population who will absolutely, who are absolutely adamant they will not ever be vaccinated. Those are the individuals who are lower income, tend to be Trump supporters, white, Republicans, fortunately insured, but with little education. So these are the same individuals who are, who are suffering the most economically, perhaps from the COVID-19, but also most reluctant to take the easiest step to make themselves resilient to COVID-19. So these two facts together suggest a pocket of America where, which is going to suffer mightily, both 
medically and economically. Professor, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on the latest happenings in America and its relation towards the rest of the world. Professor Andrew Delios, Vice Dean, MSc Programs at the Department of Strategy and Policy at NUS Business School. You're listening to Primetime here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.